Bam is in studio. Okay, we got Brian Jones, we got Matt Chaffee, we got Andy Rutten. They're running for school board. Penn Harris, Madison. Uh, they they came in as a triumvirate of what what what's the latest ad hominem attack on you guys? Extremists, radicals, white supremacy, white supremacy. That's that's the thing now too. Um, yeah, this is this is really interesting. Now there's a candidate forum here this last week. We're going to get to that here in just a minute. But what I find interesting about this, and and I know that we've talked about this already, but we have throughout probably my entire career, 17 years, I've never had a school board candidate on the air. I've never seen a television commercial for a school board candidate. I've never seen a debate on television with school board candidates. I've never seen a forum. If there's anything with school board candidates, it's, hey, there's a sign here, and then maybe at the school or something like that, you can do a meet and greet sort of a scenario. But usually these are races that are forgotten. And I think that, as I've said before, COVID has changed that. And parents are angry. Parents are furious. Parents are upset. And a lot of people who thought that they, I believe, had unfettered power and influence suddenly don't. And the immediate visceral reaction on their part to parents pushing back and saying, no, we're going to be involved in our kids' education is to attack, which probably says for a lot longer than people are are willing to admit, maybe even now, there has potentially, in my opinion, been a plot against parents in the schools, otherwise they wouldn't be so angry because they're furious about it. It's not a simple disagreement on things. The policy positions are, are one thing. The moral positions are completely on a different level. So I want to talk, let's just start with, with Brian. We're going to make our way around. We've got two microphones. We've got three guys here, and we're going to do our best to, to make our way around. That way, nobody's kind of talking over each other. But Brian, we'll start with you because you're the closest to me. We had this forum here the other day, and so I think there was six of the candidates that were there. Two of you guys were there, and they asked everybody kind of the same questions, right? Right. Um, were the questions pretty much what you expected? Were there any surprises that came up? I didn't think there was any surprises. Um, they were pretty standard stuff. I, it wasn't very threatening or anything, so, I mean, I, it, was, it was kind of just standard, standard stuff you would expect to answer. Yeah, there's a couple of moments that I saw. I saw some clips. I didn't watch the entire thing, but I saw some clips where there's some bickering and, and things like that. But was everybody pretty much, for the most part, pretty civil, pretty well behaved? Yeah, I think there was only one time where, maybe two times, where someone had like a rebuttal against what their, uh, what anyone had to say. And one time it was, I raised my hand and said, hey, I'd like to make some additional comments. And he allowed us to do it, and we moved on. Okay. How do you think it went for you? Well, I mean, if I'm being honest... Um, I'll give you a little sports analogy because I think it's pretty easy that way, but um, I feel like I fumbled the opening kickoff, okay, but quickly recovered for a pick six, and then I ran a uh, missed field goal back for a touchdown and held them to zero points. So you I felt think, so. you felt you did pretty well. Yeah, I think the my opening was really rough, but which was fine. And yeah, I never done anything like that before, so it was interesting. So, what do you think were some of the issues that you were able to hit on? You know, being the radical extremist that you are. What were some of the issues you hit on? <laughs> is, is it, I've, I've, how many times have I been with you guys in public now? I mean, half a dozen? Yeah. You know, like between, between all of us. And it's, it's just weird how, even though I've been in this business for a long time, it's just weird how other people will portray just normal people. Yeah, politics. You, you know, yeah. yeah, it's just like, you know, politics, instead of just going like, that person's the wrong person for your kids, it's like, no, that person's evil and will kill your kids. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, it, it, we maybe we have different different ideas on, on what should happen in schools, but clearly there's nothing nefarious happening here with, uh, with your motives. So 
you know, what are some of the things you felt you did really well on? Uh, well, so the first question I got to a- they asked me was about academics, and and I've you know I've been pretty outspoken about what I feel like is a decline over the last ten years in the state level proficiency exam. So I was able to kind of run with that right off the bat. Um, you know, I have counterpoints that I've raised before where not in like a back and forth or in a debate type situation that uh, there was really no conversation about it. And this time there was actually a conversation and, and I thought that it was very different, right? It, it, when you don't have the ability to talk to someone about it, it's been called misinformation. It's been called a bunch mm-hmm. of different things and it's, it's just straight data from the Indiana Department of Education. So I felt like it was able to make some of these points next to someone that was trying to counter those with what's, you know, has been labeled misinformation. I haven't found it interesting to, and, and Andy, we'll go to you next just because you were also there, and and then we'll come back to Matt because Matt was out door knocking that day. Um, when you have, you know, a situation where the news media itself, you know, Brian's talked about the education statistics. I've talked about them. You've talked about them. Matt has talked about them. I mean, they're the published stats from the government, right? Yeah. And then you have news articles and things of that nature that come out that basically say, ah, it's all like taken out of context and that's not true. And then they'll quote current members of the school board as if what the members of the school board are saying is true and the actual official data is not. Yeah, it's it's they're they're trying to. A little bit closer. Sorry. Uh, how's that there? That's much better. Okay. Sorry. It's an so, awkward position for you to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I think. I think the the current school board and the current administration, you know, they they are largely responsible for the last 10 years and especially the last couple of years during COVID. And they're trying to have it both ways. So on the one hand, they they want to say everything is great and they they really want to have an encouraging environment and, you know, pat themselves on the back. But then on the other hand, there are lots of data and the state test results is just one. We see articles on national test results. Uh, you know, we hear other indications of, you know, grade loss. Uh, you know, uh. So anyways, the, the, there's widespread acknowledgement. I think all the school board candidates uh, admit there is there has been substantial learning loss. There needs to be improvement. You know, they've hired a bunch of interventionalists to try to, to help correct that. But those interventionists were hired from the COVID time period and it doesn't begin to cover the previous 10 years like like Brian mentioned. So so they are acknowledging there is a strong need for improvement at the same time they're trying to congratulate themselves. And Matt, you know, one of the things that I've always found really interesting kind of about this particular discussion too is that you guys are all kind of portrayed as you know, attacking the school system and saying that PHM is not a good school system. And most people in the community are like, PHM are great schools, are known for being great schools. But all three of you have made it very clear that PHM does well, but there are some schools in PHM that are really struggling, and then there's schools that are excelling, and kind of the schools that are excelling are pulling up the schools that are struggling and kind of distorting the data a little bit for some of the population. And But you guys aren't saying that Penn Harris-Madison is a bad school district at all, are you? No, not absolutely not. First, I want to thank you again for having us on here today. Um, but being a graduate of Penn, uh, the Penn School Systems, graduate in 2014, I was fortunate to have uh, education uh, through that school system. And what I think our message is, is just simply we want to make sure we're heading forward in the right direction, that we're focusing on education in the classroom 
um, and making sure all the voices are ho- heard within the community, whether it's teachers, parents, uh, students, community members, etc., cetera, um, and making sure all those voices are heard. Uh, just because uh, we might be bringing light to some issue and it might be perceived that, hey, just because you're for one group, are you uh, against another? Why can't you be for both? So my dad was a longtime teacher within the Penn District. I just want to make sure, uh, at least with my candidacy, it's been a, a proponent of that to drive that forward that, hey, we can work together um, a, as a community. Now, Brian, what are some of the, because you guys do a lot of door knocking, like a lot. Yeah. And again, something you don't typically see in school board races. Um, so you guys have done a ton of door knocking. What's the number one thing that you hear from parents when you go out there that is probably the biggest thing that sticks out that they are really concerned about with the schools? Uh, I Well, so there's a couple things. And one really odd one was like five doors in a row one day, someone said they don't teach kids how to write cursive anymore. Yeah. And they're like, how are they going to sign their I'm paycheck? I'm getting a lot of that <laughs> like, lately. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting. But one day it was five doors in a row they said that to me. Um, but I think what you hear lots of times is you just hear parents uh, or families that have – they have the sense that it's not real clear about what communication is coming out of the school board. And I think it's also that they feel like when they have raised questions and they wish that they could be heard and they want to understand the curriculum and things like that, they just don't feel like it's wide out there in the open. And I think it almost seems like it's a bit of a trust gap and, and people are searching for answers. Okay. Trust gap is a big one. Cursive, apparently. Well, I did I mean, a show just, I did a show about cursive one. like 10 years ago and I'm like nobody uses it anymore. Get rid of it. And apparently that's that's the wrong decision. Yeah. People are really upset. My 10-year-old disagrees with me for crying out loud. Um so I'll tell you what. We got to take a quick commercial break. We'll come yeah. back and I want to get that same answer from Matt and Andy as well cuz you guys are batting out there knocking on doors too and like kind of what the big concerns that you guys are running into. And and then we'll talk about maybe your guys' solutions to help fix all of that. All right? We got Perfect. more coming up. News Talk 953, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Joining me in studio right now, BAM. That's uh, what they they go by. That's their moniker. They've been campaigning together for Penn Harris Madison School Board. you got Brian Jones, Andy Rutten, Matt Chaffee. Uh, thank you for joining us, guys. And and I had just left off. I had asked Brian to, you know, basically you guys have been doing a lot of door knocking. And what are some of the things that you're getting from parents that they're really concerned about with the uh, educational system. Andy, I wanted to go to you next on this. What's the, the biggest things that you're getting from parents that they are concerned about in schools? Yeah. Well, so one of the nice things about, you know, we were just talking about how the, the opposition paints us as extremists, right? We're running for elected seat. It's, you know, a political position. So we get painted as extremists. Uh, one of the advantages of going door to door is we get to meet people individually. We can have a nice conversation and people get to decide for themselves. Do they think we're extreme or do they think we're just regular guys out trying to, to serve our community? But, you know, the top thing that I've probably heard from people going door to door is for the kids, when they send them to school, they want a environment focused on education that is free from political influences or distractions. Kids are young. They haven't let learn their education. And so when you bring up distractions, especially those political ones, it's kids don't one. really understand that. They, it, it takes away their attention from the school. And it seems like uh, nobody, neither, uh, no one in the classroom is really interested in education when, when distractions are brought into the classroom. So, yeah, a lot of people just really feel 
Let's keep the focus on the basics of education, math, science, reading, and history. Let's keep the, those issues that don't need to be in school, let's keep them out of the school. Matt, what about you? Yeah, just uh, echoing off kind of what Andy just hit on um, uh, in regards to distractions in the classroom, what happens when there's distractions in the classroom? Well, what can happen is there's unruly behavior. And a common thing I always comes up, especially when talking to teachers within the district, is unruly behavior not being addressed properly. Um, so that's something that has been on the forefront of my campaign from day one, and that's what I've heard going door-to-door -door throughout the community is unruly behavioral in the classroom by students not properly being addressed um, throughout the school district. Um, and then hitting on one other point, just reemphasizing off what Andy said, education. So one of my other big talking points has always been learning how to think, or uh, education is uh, supposed to be learn teaching kids how to think, not what to think. So teaching them those critical thinking skills. So once they get outside the classroom, outside into the real world, they know how to apply those to real world situations and applications. Yeah, but critical thinkers, you know, aren't easily misled about normal people being extremists. So they don't necessarily want that sometimes. Brian? Right, yeah, so uh, I, I was just going to... When we go to these doors, that's exactly right. I mean, we have really good conversations with people, and they're one-on-one, -on -one and it, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of highs and lows in a campaign. Um, I've never done one before, so I imagine they're all this way. Um, but one of the high points is definitely going out and seeing people in the community, talking to them. I mean, it, it's a lost art, right? You used to just stop by and have tea on the front porch, and no one does that anymore. Um, the other, so I just want to thank all the people that show up at their front door between 5.30 and 7. That's, you know, during bedtime, during dinner, during whatever, and give us maybe two minutes, sometimes 20. Um, you just never know. And the conversations are enriching. It's great. You, you learn more about your community. And it's just a lot. It's just been an honor. Um, and the last thing I'll say is Andy's like the workhorse. Like, it'll be pitch black. And he's like, oh, one more door. We're almost done. <laughs> and, you know, it's a busy highway. We're like, about it. we've yeah, got yeah. our flashlights on our phones <laughs> on so we don't get hit by oncoming traffic. It's, it's, it's a trip, man. But it's been a lot of fun, too. And something that Andy was talking about earlier, you know, he runs into a lot of parents saying, hey, just focus on education. You know, the basics, not all of this extra stuff, the distractions and things of that nature. Right on. And, you know, I, I couldn't help but notice this is, this is trivial. But I think it's also just kind of like emblematic of everything that's been kind of going on. Penn Harris Madison kept masks on the face of kids for a very long time. And, you know, they said things about me. They said things about parents who showed up at school board meetings saying, hey, take the masks off. Uh, they isolated kids in the hallway with the mask. I mean, they did all this nonsense that now everybody pretty much acknowledges was a huge mistake, right? So while they were doing this and forcing all these kids to have these masks, like just like two months later, you wear your Halloween costume to school, but you can't wear a mask? Yeah. Like what is? Yeah. Like what, it, it's just I know it seems like it's such a small thing, but it's like no, no, you can only wear a mask when we tell you to. You're not allowed to wear another mask. Yeah. Just the mask that we tell you to, and it just it's one of those things where it just it struck me as insane that well, they would do something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of to the point too. It's like the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Like when if there's something wrong, is there something that you think needs to be addressed, and it gets addressed, the next problem doesn't probably seem as big, but when they don't get addressed and you feel frustrated and they just keep piling up. The smallest thing becomes as big as the biggest thing, you know, and, and I think that's kind of where we are with a lot of these things. So, um, and it's, you know, it, it seems right. It's human nature. Yeah. Um, you know, some of these things, some of, some of these issues they were talking about, especially the, the mass 
in COVID, and then the costumes for for what is you know annual Halloween parties. You know, they have these guidelines, these rules, and they're not really very intuitive. People can't anticipate them, and then they don't understand them, and then it creates a lot of misunderstanding. And I think, uh, Brian, you mentioned that earlier. You know, just a, a communication barrier between the school and and the whole community. Um, I just yeah, I, I think, yeah. you know, trying to improve communication without just looking only uh, at the sunny side of things, I, I think was beneficial. Wasn't there a moment with communication kind of at that candidate forum the other day where you guys were talking about uh, gender pronouns and notifying parents? And, you know, Chris White, Riley was basically saying, no, we always work with parents on this thing. But, but the handbook doesn't say that. It says the exact opposite. So you can actually leave parents out of it. Am I right or did I misinterpret that? Yeah, it's it's a long story, and and I don't know if you guys care if I take this one or not, but uh, it's it's kind of a long story. But there was a they changed the handbook to have if you want to change your, and I'm not exactly sure how it's written, but if you want to change your pronoun that's different than your name given at birth or your name different mm-hmm. than your assigned gender at birth, then it has to be done in enrollment. Um, but there's three clauses: elementary, middle school, high school. And the elementary school and the middle school say a parent can do it, or a parent has to be the one to request that change. And in high school, it says the parent and or the student, right? So there's, a, there's the ability for the student to make that change. Um, it's it's kind of detailed, but it's almost, it's kind of veiled in like wordsmith, right? So they can have this little, this, this clause that says, hey, a student can do that. And there's been times where people have debated whether or not parents should know about these kind of things that are, talk to with teachers or counselors, should mm-hmm. they be given back to the parents at home? And I think it gets to the heart of that. And it's about communication. It's about transparency. It's about parents having the consent over what's going on with their kids in a school building. Matt, looks like you wanted to weigh in on something. Yeah. I just echoing off that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about leadership. Sometimes when you're in leadership positions, you're tasked with difficult decisions and it might not always be the popular decision always that you have to make, but you have to make those decisions because you sought out that leadership position. And what I think is missing in our community right now is that communication from our top-level leadership to, co- to communicate to whether that's the parents, to the teachers, to the community on why reasons or deci- decisions were made and the reasons behind them. Might not always be the popular decision in the room, but at least people can respect that when they see, okay, this is the thought this is the reasoning behind that, um, behind a decision being made. Well, when you say something and, and you do it, you know, at least people understand that, you know, even if they disagree with you, you're at least coming at it consistently. But when there's kind of back and forth and you're saying one thing, doing another, nobody really knows what's going on. Staying in that well, gray and, area. And right, if you go exactly. back to that time when they had the, the, I think it was like August 23rd of 21, and they, they we had four days of school without mask at the beginning of the 21, 22 mm-hmm. school year. And then they reinstituted the policy. They they, their justification was around this three-foot contact tracing rule, right? If right. everyone wears a mask, we can have contact tracing for three feet, only if you're together for less than 15 minutes in a day. And my question was, well, there's no class at Penn that's less than 15 minutes. So, And there was this big presentation about, oh, the three-foot contact tracing rule is going to keep all these kids out of school. But effectively, it's, it was still six. And it was just their justification for being able to make that decision and mandate that. Yeah. We could do this all day. We could. <laughs> no, there's no doubt about yeah. it. <laughs> Sorry, I took up no, 30 no, no, seconds yeah. of our, I mean, we, two, we two could, minutes we of our could. time. I mean, yeah. Well, let yeah. me add real quick. Yeah. You know, I, I think everybody can agree uh, COVID was painful. It there was. was a lot of disagreement. Mm-hmm. 
And it seems to be going into history. Uh, people are looking forward, and they no, no, nobody, I think, really wants to, to get back into that again. So, uh, you know, there hasn't been a lot of uh, discussion about COVID going forward. I think the expectation with the vast majority of the community is, you know, this came up out of nowhere. Okay, we, we did some precautions, but we're not going to do that again. We're not going to be taken unawares again. We're, we're making better decisions going forward, or we're just going to be more experienced on how to deal with should a similar uh, situation come up again. You know, we, we can't just sacrifice our schools because of speculation on how bad a, an unknown disease is going to be. Um, yeah, I think we need to get to a point where parents trust the board members that if something does happen, that board members are going to have the best interests of the students in mind not some financial incentive from a government grant or something of that nature. And I'm not sure that any school district at this point in time has that trust with parents, but I guess we'll find out on November 8th. So I'll tell you what, uh, gentlemen, we're going to go around. We'll start with Andy. Uh, We'll go around. We'll do a final pitch and how people can get involved, get signs, whatever they want to do. And please let everybody know your your district or if you're at large and and that sort of thing too. So we can go. Andy, you first. Yeah, so I'm Andy Rutten. I'm running for the... Penn Harris Madison uh, at large uh, uh, school board position. Um, you can find me on the internet at andy4phm.com and also on Facebook, Andy Rutten uh, for PHM on Facebook. Uh, yeah, please let me know if you if you if you'd like to show support. Uh, if you have any questions uh, before you decide to vote, uh, if you'd like to have a yard sign. Uh, you know, I'm here to help. I'm here to represent the community, uh, the voters, not just the parents, but all the voters, all the property tax, uh, all the property owners paying property taxes in our community. All right. Matt? Yeah, Matt Chaffee, a PHM uh, school board uh, seat, Penn Township. Um, just want to echo off Andy. It is a nonpartisan race, uh, so make sure you get out and vote. It will be at the bottom of your ballot here next Tuesday, or if you choose uh, in the final days of early voting, uh, you can look me up at chaffeeforphm.com. Also, I have a campaign page on Facebook, uh, Matt Chaffee for PHM School Board, uh, Penn Township. And just final pitch would be, at the end of the day, I'll, I will be your voice, whether you're a community member, a taxpayer, teacher, parent, student, administrator throughout the district, whether I might agree with you on every decision or not, I will always listen. Um, and I think what Brian, Andy, and I have done over the past few months is our actions show that coming to you, knocking on your door. And here over the f- last couple of days prior to the election, if you want to hear from me, reach out to me. If you want me to come talk with you, I'm happy to do so. Happy to talk about anything you would like addressed. Thank you. Thanks again for having me on. No problem. Brian? Yeah, so uh, uh, my name's Brian. Obviously, I'm running for the Harris Township seat. Um, my website is www.jonesforphm.com. Um, you know, I, my focus would be to get Penn to the number one spot and lead the probably the statewide um, improvement in academics. Um, you know, we talk about how we're 11th. We're 11th in a declining pool of people. I don't know why we couldn't set a target and say, hey, we're going to be number one and we're going to lead out of this. Um, so first focus would be academic. Second is parental involvement, uh, which has communication involved, has communication wrapped into that. And um, 
third would be supporting teachers so that they can lead this, you know, getting back to, to reading, writing, arithmetic. So we can uh, support them with the, um, the resources and the support that they need in the classroom, remove some of these distractions. But um, that, that's what we're doing it for. It's not any really more complicated than that. The, the PHM Corporation has a mission uh, of high academic achievement and preparing kids for, for the next phase of their life, whatever that is. And, and that's everything that we're talking about wrapped up into doing. So you I go. appreciate you having us on, man. Yep. No, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, gentlemen. And uh, I know we went uh, way over the break and I'm giving my producer a heart attack. So this next commercial break is probably going to be a little extra long. Maybe we want to merge the two of them. And so I apologize about that, but I, I figure it's, it's well worth it. Um, and I will say that these three gentlemen have done a really good job of answering the questions from the community because, you know, not a lot of people have ever really been invested in this race before. Uh, but with school board, people have a lot of questions. All three of these guys have been willing to sit down and answer those questions with people, which is more than you can say for a lot of politicians running for all sorts of different races. And so it's nice and refreshing to see that. So give them a look. Brian Jones, Andy Rutten, Matt Chaffee together. They are BAM. Best of luck in the campaign, and uh, we'll see you after the 8th. Thanks, Casey. All right, we got more coming up. 95.3 MNC.